This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday, 10 to 2, on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Let's talk about your auto insurance now and what's going on at ICBC. We all know about the dumpster fire over there. It's still burning. ICBC still losing a lot of money. They're losing that last count about, what, a billion a year? Is that about three million bucks a day? By the time that we get through today's show here, oh, they'll probably lose hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, they're just bleeding money over there. So how are they going to fix this? Well, we've all heard of the remedies put forward by David Eby, the attorney general, about some of the fixes that he is bringing in. Do you have any confidence that this is going to fix that dumpster fire over at ICBC, or are you hanging on to your wallet for your auto insurance rates to continue to go up, up, and away? Here's one of the things that's got me worried. Last week, the government backed down on a plan to bring in a fee for occasional drivers. They wanted to charge drivers like a $50 fee, if you had an occasional driver on your car, but it was going to cost you even more than that because it could affect your insurance as well. The government got an earful on that one. They backed down, but I think you should still hang on to your wallet. This fall, the government will be rolling out their new premium structure for ICBC, and the government says they want to make your car insurance premiums more fair. So if you are a good driver, you would conceivably pay less, If you're a bad driver, you would pay more. Most people consider themselves to be good drivers. They bring it on. Yeah, charge those other guys more. Charge me less. That sounds great. But I wonder if there's some people out there who are think they're good drivers. Maybe ICBC's got a different opinion and thinks you're a bad driver, and they're going to crank up your auto insurance in the fall. We're going to find this is going to be a big story going forward here later this year. Let's check in now with Aaron Sutherland. He's the vice president of the Insurance Bureau of Canada. They represent private insurance companies in the country. Aaron, thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks so much for having me today, Mike. What's your take on what's going on with ICBC right now and and some of the reforms uh, that the government's rolling out and a little bit of confusion about what they're doing here? Yeah, you know, we're we're seeing a a lot of changes, certainly the the most change we've likely ever seen in this province since ICBC was introduced, you know, 45-odd years ago. Uh, And I think you're quite right when you say, you know, we all need to hang on to our wallets as these changes unfold because, you know, whether it's the the latest rate increase we've just seen, uh, just a little over 6%, uh, or the changes coming this September where, yes, maybe good drivers will pay relatively less, uh, than they otherwise would have, and bad drivers are going to be paying much, much more. Uh, we're all likely going to be paying more over the coming years because ICBC is calling for, in their own financial plans, a 25% rate increase over the next three years. I'll say that again. They are calling for $1.7 billion in new revenue to try to get to try and balance their books. Uh, that is far more than all of the savings from all the initiatives government is undertaking, so we as drivers are likely only going to be paying more and more and more in the years ahead. 
And that's why, you know, maybe we should really start looking outside of ICBC for some solutions here. In most other Canadian provinces, it's the private insurance industry that delivers auto insurance. They do it much more affordably than what we see here in BC. Why aren't we looking to them for some of these solutions, seeing if other insurers can come here uh, and deliver a better product at a better price? Because at the end of the day, it's really drivers we should be focused on and the price they're paying. We've got a lot of affordability challenges here in this province. Auto insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Okay, when we talk, Aaron, about those changes that are coming this September, there's a lot of uncertainty and unknowns about how this is going to work. But generally, the government has said if you're a good driver, you'll pay less. If you're a bad driver, you'll pay more. They figure that about two-thirds of drivers are quote-unquote good drivers. Maybe your insurance would go down for most people. Isn't that a good thing? You know, that is a good thing. And and pricing based on risk, which is what they're doing, basically starting to really look at your accident history and seeing, are you causing accidents? Because if you are, you should be paying more. That makes sense. That's how other insurers do it. Um, The concern here in BC is the quantum we're starting from. ICBC's prices are already so high um, that, you know, when they start tinkering with, you know, charging bad drivers even more, they're going to be paying much, much more than bad drivers in other provinces. But even good drivers, you have to be really careful with what ICBC is saying here. They are saying you will pay relatively less. That doesn't mean less than what you were paying before the latest rate increases. They're simply saying you will pay relatively less compared to those bad drivers out there. Uh, and again, when we look at the overall rate increases that are coming forward, uh, you know, 6.3% on the basic, they didn't. This is the first year in a long time that ICBC hasn't released the optional rate increase. That should give everyone pause because the only reason you don't disclose a rate increase is when it's really high. Uh, and when we look at the numbers, we think it's it's likely in the double digits in terms of what drivers are experiencing on the optional side. And so it, it seems like, yes, good drivers are going to pay relatively less, but it seems like we're all going to be paying much, much more in the years ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think that's an important point that if, if you put it that way, you're going to pay relatively less. So maybe more accurately way to describe it is everyone's going to pay more, but if you're a good driver, I guess you will just pay less more so in other words you would pay you wouldn't pay as much as you otherwise would have uh before the government brought in these changes so you pay less more but what if you're a bad driver see this is one of the things that you know i'm wondering about like what if you got like one ticket or one minor at fault accident or one distracted driving uh, incident or ticket does that make you a bad driver i mean we still don't know yet how how icbc is going to define this right yeah, you know, we still have a lot of those outstanding questions. Uh, we do know that it's going to take, I believe, uh, 20 years now of safe driving before you get that one free accident forgiveness. Uh, so if you haven't been driving clean for 20 years and you do get into an accident, you're likely going to be categorized as a bad driver and pay much, much more. And again, as you pointed out, we're all likely going to be paying uh, more. It's just whether we're paying less, more, or, or much more. Uh, but we should be talking about how do we start driving prices down? How do we start improving affordability here? And, you know, why are we so beholden to having, you know, a government monopoly provide auto insurance? Why aren't we looking to the innovations and the efficiencies that the private sector has created in other provinces, in virtually every other jurisdiction in North America? And looking to these other companies and saying, look, if you guys have found ways to do this more affordably, can you come here in BC and help solve this issue for us? 
Okay. Uh, you know, that's a question we all need to be asking, you know, and why aren't we looking outside of ICBC for some of these solutions? Okay, what would happen, just real quickly, and then we'll take a break and then take some phone calls, but what would happen if the government turned around and shocked everybody? This, I don't think this is going to happen, but let's, let's imagine for a second they did this. If David Eby held a news conference tomorrow and said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to open up basic auto insurance, which is currently a monopoly right now for ICBC. We're going to open that up to private sector competition. So you can go out and buy your basic auto insurance, which everyone is legally supposed required to get. And you can buy that from a private auto insurer if you want to. This would be what you guys would love to see. What would, what would be the effect of that for consumers in BC? Well, we don't know until we try. But what we do know, uh, and what studies have shown, is that drivers could save hundreds of dollars annually in that instance. You know, we, there was a study out in 2017 uh, from MNP, they're a large consulting firm. They found drivers could expect to save, on average, $325 if you opened up uh, ICBC to what you're talking about. Uh, and we think drivers deserve that opportunity to shop around to find those savings. I think David Eby deserves a lot of kudos for the end, and you know the, the current government deserves a lot of credit for the initiatives they're bringing in to try to fix this system. And you know, um, when we in the private sector, we look at what BC is doing. A lot of it makes sense. Some of it doesn't, like the unlisted driver protection. That was unique in North America, uh, and it's probably a good thing that government has taken a second look at that and told ICBC. That- this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it? <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. You know, that really isn't fair to scrap that. Um, so, okay. but you know, the one thing we really disagree on is why are we so beholden to to having ICBC? Why don't you know we don't have to get okay. rid of them, but let's give drivers a choice. I'll tell you what, the Liberals putting this one on the table. You know, once again, though, it's like they had 16 years to do something they didn't do it. Now, looking for a wedge issue against the NDP, you got Andrew Wilkinson, the Liberal leader, talking about private auto insurance. I, I think that's actually a good thing. Like, let's put this on the table. Let's have a discussion about it. Six zero four two eight zero ninety eight ninety eight. Star 9898 on your cell. Hiya, Vicky. Hi there, Mike. You made a comment or you asked a question about private auto insurance should be able to or should they be able to sell basic insurance. So my question is this. Who's going to pay for your accident benefits? Part 7 of the Insurance Act is, is what ICBC pays your accident benefits through. That's your chiropractic. That's your doctor visit. Your doctor bills ICBC when they see you in relation right. to a car accident. Right. Okay, right. Who's going to pay that? Is it just going to get directly billed to MSP? Because you can bet private auto insurance, whose only goal is profit, is not going to want to take on those costs. So the taxpayers of BC will end up paying for car accident victims medical costs that's not the way to go when the ndp government brought in icbc i think it was 1972 it was so that the public would not be going bankrupt broke from having to to shoulder their own medical costs related to car accidents so private has to we need to stop that that's nonsense we need to fix icbc Vicky, thank you for a good call. Well, let's go to Aaron Sutherland. He's with the he's with the private insurance companies. Aaron, what's your answer to her question? 
Yeah, no, it's it's a really good question because, you know, we really need to go into some, a discussion like this with our eyes wide open and, and that full understanding. Uh, in most other Canadian provinces where private insurers compete, uh, it's actually private insurers that pay those costs. They pay your chiropractic bills. They don't, it doesn't all just end up on the back of the, the provincial uh, government and provincial medical system. It is the, 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 the insurance system that pays those and, and where well, that's part of your coverage that. it's that's part of your coverage and the private sector pays those bills do you have to buy that you have to buy that coverage for. though right what if you don't buy that coverage what is that optional well, coverage or is that mandatory it's so it's typically mandatory so the government okay. you know even when the private sector sells it the government describes and prescribes what they have to sell and it's very similar across the provinces so basic insurance in bc is quite similar to basic insurance in alberta and it's similar uh, and other provinces as well. It is those right. those Part Seven benefits, and where it's delivered by the private sector, it's the private sector that pays those, and your premium goes towards that. And Let's your to, premium is much lower in other provinces. Let's go to Ray and Langley. Hi, Ray. Hello. Hi. What do you think? I think that if uh, they introduce the private, we shouldn't have to buy insurance if we don't want to. What do you mean by that? Just if I may, if I get in an accident, I pay the bill. Well, no, I mean, no, no, I mean, like you have to have mandatory insurance. I mean, uh, Aaron, mandatory is, yeah. is insurance mandatory in other provinces that have private insurance? There's always a minimum mandatory, and, and, and I'll, yeah. I'll just briefly explain why. You don't have to buy insurance for your home because if you burn down your home, that's on you, uh, and that doesn't impact anybody else. But if you crash your car into someone else and you don't have insurance, you don't have any of it, any way to, or you potentially don't have the funds that that other individual needs to recover from their injuries, or that you need to recover from your injuries. So there is a public good in making at least a mandatory minimum for insurance, and that's why all provinces prescribe uh, something very similar to ICBC's basic insurance. Again, the difference is most other provinces, it's not ICBC selling it. It's one of many companies, okay. uh, and they sell it, again, much more affordably than ICBC does. David in Nanaimo. Morning, Mike. Um, I think private insurance is a pipe dream. There's no way it can happen in BC because the government offloads too many expenses on ICBC that they hide. And that's the real dumpster fire here. If you look at ICBC's latest set of statements, there's $1.3 billion, that's B with billion of the B dollars in non-insurance related expenses that they absorb from the government. The government can't afford to reabsorb that and, and possibly balance their budget. They hide that from the public. And as I said, that's the real dumpster fire. No private insurer in Canada anywhere absorbs any of those costs. So to compare our insurance rates with those in Alberta, for instance, which do not have the same Part 7 benefits, we have $300,000 in coverage. Alberta, I believe, has $50,000 in coverage under Part 7. It's ridiculous because the Alberta private insurers do not pay for increased policing costs, road intersection improvements. They don't pay for red light cameras, all those new speed cameras that the government just installed are all on ICBC's back. They don't pay for driver's licensing and medical services plan cards. The government government collected over $600 million in revenue through driver's licensing fines in the latest financial statements and gave not a dime back to ICBC. So if you take that $1.3 billion that ICBC ratepayers support the taxpayers of the province, it's not the converse. Mr. Eby always says we can't have the taxpayers supporting ICBC. The taxpayers have never supported ICBC. The converse is true. If you take that $1.3 billion back into the government's coffers where it belongs, ICBC's fine, and our rates would be fine as well. But no private insurer is ever going to cover that. Thank you for a good call. Aaron, your thoughts? Uh, A little bit to unpack there. So in terms of how much public good ICBC does, 
Uh, my understanding is they do about $200 million annually in non-insurance services. These are things like driver's licensing and road safety, which, which we were talking about. Um, you do pay a fee on your insurance for some of those. Uh, you know, there's no reason that you couldn't continue to do that. And it doesn't make a lot of sense that you would include that in your insurance premium. So if you opened it up to the private sector, uh, you know, you could use the corporate taxes the private sector would pay to pay for some of that. Uh, and you okay. could offset some of that there. On the, you know, on this, you know, talking about, you know, how much ICBC pays out versus the, the private sector, you know, and, and certainly it's true that the limits of what ICBC will pay out are much higher. But it's not the limits we should be looking at. It's what are drivers actually receiving when they make a claim. And when you look at the average claim size across this country, we aren't getting anything more than anyone else here in BC. In fact, compared to some provinces, we're actually getting quite a bit less. The average claim size in BC is around $42,000, about the same as Alberta, and a little bit less than what they're getting in Ontario. But we are paying okay. much, much more for those claims. So that value for dollars simply isn't there. And while ICBC's okay. limits of what they can pay are higher, they aren't actually giving it to drivers when they make a claim. That's okay. a problem. That means we need to start looking somewhere else for the solution okay. here. This is a hot issue. I think it's going to get hotter. I know we'll be talking to you again. Thanks for your time today. Thanks so much for having me today, Mike. Okay, you bet. Aaron Sutherland, Vice President, Insurance Bureau of Canada.